Hello, um, welcome to a podcast edition of GTFO. So today we are referring back to our top five tips for building a healthy workplace culture that we did on the Facebook Live last week. Um, and today we're going to do a deep dive into a, a, a real life case study. So once again, we have got Natalie from Dynamic HR. Natalie, what's your name and where would you come from? <laughs> Hi, I'm Natalie <laughs> and I'm... I run Dynamic HR Services. Um, so I conventionally started off life running an HR consultancy and then moved very much, uh, very quickly from HR into building great cultures. So that's what my passion is and that's what I love to do for small businesses. That's what your company specializes in, is it? It's a HR consultancy, but you really focus, you don't just, you're not just like problem solving, are you? You are focusing on dealing with the issue at the source or, you know, preventing the issue even by creating a great workplace culture. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I learned very quickly that the symptoms that you see in a business such as um, poor performers or the need for disciplinaries or grievances as a pop up are simply symptoms of a wider problem. And the problem generally is and one of a a number of things, either the person at the top or people at the top um, or just having a really toxic work culture. And um, if you can solve that, then there's less need for HR situations to arise. Yeah, and I mean, it has that knock-on effect throughout everything, doesn't it? I mean, it it affects a business's bottom line, if you're thinking about it from an employer's point of view. It also affects, you know, things like staff turnover. It it affects your your staff's mental health, you know. So really, how how effective and efficient a business is going to be is fundamentally based on how happy are the people that work in that business. And that all comes down to creating a good workplace culture. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, that's it. Nailed it. I mean, it, you know, people say this sort of stuff is um, is is complex, but it isn't. Like, if you boil everything down to basic human needs and behaviours, then really, you know, why wouldn't you build a great place to work? Why would you not want your your people to go away happy at the end of the day and fulfilled and feeling good about themselves and the job that they've done? Yeah. Because ultimately, as a business owner, that does absolutely, as you say, impact on so many things. There are so many benefits of having happy people you know hey it's a nice place to work you get a bit more of a buzz about your own business but also like you say you know you're saving um you've got you know improved um performance you've got therefore better product you know um profitability you know you've all of the things you've got a great you've got a lower staff turnover you've got you know just it's it's so there's so many so many benefits of just and and it's demonstrable as well isn't it you know you when you i'm sure you meet people that have objections business owners that have objections to this but but you know this is clearly demonstrable that you can say well point to this business that is doing this and their their turnover went up or their staff retention went up or whatever so it, it's not just woo woo is it it's it's you know it's it's quite clearly proven over time oh yeah I mean that's one of the biggest objectives that I get is oh, object, sorry objections that I get is this is all pink and fluffy bullshit I'm like yeah yeah yeah, cool. okay. yeah. You tell me that again once we've put in the framework and you're actually got decent, happy uh, staff in place and that you're not dealing with the shit show of a load of disciplinaries and poor performers and you're happier in your own business. Then you tell me that it's pink and fluffy. Yeah, well, and I mean, this is exactly what we're going to prove with the case study that you're going to talk to us about in a minute. Um, So just to to recap on what we did talk about on the the Friday edition of the Facebook Live, which you can find over on Grow Traffic's Facebook page and you can find on Grow Traffic's um, YouTube uh, account. Um, But the top five tips were, number one, start at the top uh, because a good culture comes from from the top down. Number two, have a vision and share it, a vision of where you're going and tell your staff. That's the most important bit. Number three, have a robust framework. And that could be policies, but it could also just be practices that you put in in place in the workplace on a day to day basis. Number four, hire fast and fire fast. To make sure you're getting the right people and number five know your people but also trust your people and treat them like adults so all of those seem fairly obvious and fairly straightforward but as we'll see as you go on Natalie to tell us this um, this case study all of these points are sort of demonstrated here aren't they so I, I you're going to talk and I'm going to try and uh, pull them out as we get to them so Natalie take it away tell us about this this anonymized case study that was a real life client of yours 
Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so this is one of my favourite clients to work with, I'll be honest, because we've made so many changes and they've been so positive. So back in the day, back sort of early uh, 20, uh, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, various different routes um, set up a business back in the day uh, he's a very much a young entrepreneur at that point young then right? yeah uh, 20 years ago <laughs> yeah <laughs> and he'd won a load of young entrepreneurs that's why I'm saying calling him a young entrepreneur because he'd actually won a load of young entrepreneur awards previous businesses he'd, he'd been involved with his his um, business is very much uh, set up around um, technology and the media business right it was that kind of typical Wolf of Wall Street, work hard, play hard culture. Um, it had quite a corporate vibe and what I would determine as a presenteeism culture. So it was all about people who, all about rewarding people who came in um, early, left very late and pretty much sold their soul to the devil. Yeah. Um, it was quite a high stress environment at that point in time. But the positives were that it was a very agile and flexible business. So... He ran that business, made it incredibly profitable, was turning over millions at that point, um, and then decided that actually he was kind of bored at that point with the business um, and wanted to pursue other adventures and other avenues, other business um, ventures, basically. So he left the business at that point in care of um, the of an MD. He took an, he um, actually one of his, again another friend of his had taken um, him and put him in his place in the place um, of MD. Mm. However things kind of started to go wrong. Now, I didn't have involvement, by the way, in this beginnings or the beginnings of the life um, of this business, because if I had, then they wouldn't have been doing this. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The MD (laughs) at the time, so the new MD, basically changed the business um, and modelled it on probably what I would determine as quite an old school form of uh, management and um, corporate type style of business. Had had this MD worked in the business previously or had he come in entirely new to it? He had, he knew, he had, good question, he'd had in some vague involvement in the business and obviously knew the business owner, the founder of the, of the business, um, but hadn't, no, wasn't, hadn't been working in the wasn't business. Wasn't working in it, yeah, okay. Solely, yeah. Um, so the changes that he made is that he put in a lot of different layers of management and he doubled the business in terms of employees pretty much within a couple of years, which in my opinion, is quite a dangerous thing to do anyway. But then putting in loads of layers of management is also not going to help to keep a business flexible and agile. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, at that point in time, the wrong people were hired. They got very, very busy. I mean, the business was doing really well at that point. They got very, very busy. They grabbed people off the street and chucked them on the bum, you know, as a bum on the seat, basically. Yeah, panic employing. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. What I call distress recruiting, but panic employing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, and the business lost that flexibility. It lost that agility. It was, they then brought in an HR person, like an in-house HR person. Again, fatal error in my opinion, because unfortunately putting an HR person into the business, they constantly having to justify what they're doing in the business. So they tend to over policy businesses. They put too many processes in. And again, that kind of takes away that entrepreneurial flexible fun kind of business business it takes away that culture I suppose um, the risk as well of, a, of an in-house HR person is that they become equally indoctrinated you know that yeah. we were talking about this last week weren't we the beauty mm. of a, a, a consultant is that you come in and you look at that with outside eyes whereas yeah. when you're in it you're just gonna start to sort of toe the line you you, you don't have that same level of um, autonomy I suppose or, or ability to criticize perhaps Absolutely. Yeah. And you, you are ultimately um, responsible, you, you know, you have to, you're accountable and responsible, but also the, uh, for that, but also, you know, you are, you can't really be acting independently from the people at the front because yeah, you know, it's your job on the line. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so too many rules, too many layers of complexity. And unfortunately at that point, um, clients started to get pissed off. Right. Because they weren't being given the same account manager. They were being, you know, there was sort of turnover and churn and all sorts of things. And the, you know, the sort of customer service um, that sort of really 
personalised customer service um, got lost and um, they started to lose money. There was then that point in time which it's kind of um, nature, uh, sort of um, human nature, is that there was a big blame culture because things were going wrong, management started to blame and basically just created a massive toxic culture simple. yeah and that's that becomes like a, a really kind of a, a downward spiral very quickly that doesn't right. it that like within a matter of weeks that can go yeah. nasty nasty yeah absolutely and that sort of that bullying culture that blame culture was just like it was it was rife all over the place there were little mm. pockets of good management and little teams and stuff but it was uh, yeah it was it was interesting to go into that at that point roughly how many employees did the company have at this point i reckon they had around about 50 ish maybe top right. maybe topping 60 at that point yeah okay okay yeah so the founder came back obviously like big big alarm bells money you know company really profitable now losing money he's like mm. oh shit what's going on here um so he came back into the business around 2016 um, and I know that he has said many times that he's regretted having left that sort of uh, left the, the business to, you know, because of all the dramatic changes that happened. Um, so he then decided that he was going to strip out everything. Literally, he, he was brutal with it. He initially stripped back all of the middle management. He took removed all of the wrong people. He made approximately, um, I think it was about 30 redundancies, including removing um, the, the HR person in there. Right. Okay. Which is when really then he got in, in touch with me and said, listen, I need help. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Things have gone dramatically wrong in my business. And he, because of we've been friends, we knew we had sort of mutual contact. Um, he must have been having a conversation with them and they said, oh, you know, this is what Natalie is doing now. You know, she's focusing very much on uh, on them. Um, we, re, uh, sort of, uh, what's the word? Um, Reinvigorating. cultures and, yeah, undoing toxic work cultures. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the best, best way of doing it, of, uh, of talking about it. Um, and um, so he, we, we started talking about a concept of a restart-up. So basically, that's taking a company back to its sort of its core and almost treating it like a new startup. It's um, a, I suppose it's a bit like a rebrand, isn't it? But it's, it's a rebrand, yeah. but for your for your for internally, for your policies and for your, your staff and what have you. Everything, actually. Yeah, we literally um, he did. He's the branding and marketing guy really um, within his own business. So, yeah, we stripped everything back, literally took it all back way, way back to the, the basics. Um, I think we ended up with about 20, 20 odd people back right. in the business. Yeah, so it was proper straight back. Yeah, yeah. Um, and at that point, then we sat down and looked at the culture that he wanted to create. Now, that's interesting because actually that, cu that culture that he wanted to create at that point has now since changed. There was definitely a sort of in his head, he wanted that to go back to that sort of entrepreneurial, fast paced kind of business. And he wanted to recreate that again. And I kept saying to him, that's not how we do business anymore. We yeah, need that time's passed. Yeah, we need to be more people focused. And he was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I want that back again. So I'm like, okay, you crack on, Treacle. <laughs> and then <laughs> let's talk again in a year's time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so during that sort of time, we started to build a new culture and he eventually listened to me and he, he did he he did realise that, you know, and, that, and now it's something he uses quite often is that we are only as good as our people um, phrase. And that you'll see that a lot within, you know, their, their, their sort of employer or employee branding. Um, so and, and I think also what really helped was he we'd obviously had those conversations about this is not how we do business anymore. It's very much more people focused, you know, flat hierarchies. It's all about empowering people rather than micromanaging. And he went on a leadership course. Um, and he really did at that point grasp, I think the, the sort of modern way of management, which is more that leadership, leading and coaching and, you know, and, and molding people into where you want rather than micromanaging. Right? Yeah. So that's, that was our first one, wasn't it? You know, start at mm. the top. And I think it's really interesting that yeah. point about, you know, doing a leadership course, because I was having this conversation with somebody the other week, you don't go into business 
to be uh, a boss or a leader necessarily you start a business because you are passionate about doing the thing that is your specialism and then you as your business grows then you have to manage people and you have to to start to do all these things now nine times out of ten you know you can outsource it you can outsource your accountancy you can outsource your HR you can outsource your legal things but Mm -hmm. actually leading that company that's the one thing that you can't and I think it's a real strength and I think a lot of business owners are coming to realize this now that there's no shame in saying I'm going to learn how to do this better and there are fortunately quite a lot of providers now that will will provide you know do really good business Mm -hmm. management courses or business consultancy or leadership whatever you want to call it Uh, Mm -hmm. I think it's it's uh, appropriate to shop around because there are a lot of different sort of strategies and practitioners and not everything will be right for everybody or every business Um, so find the one but I've been doing um, I did some leadership training just at the tail end of last year and I found it phenomenally beneficial not Mm -hmm. not in the way that you know I went into it thinking this is going to teach me some strategies about how to deal with other people and it did but actually what it mostly did was make me question things about myself and and it's like like you've got to look to yourself first and think okay well why do I react to this or why do I react this way or why do I feel like this dismantle all of that take your ego out of it and then you put those strategies in place to go okay you know I I assumed I was um, relaying everything that was in my head to my staff but now I realized that I wasn't and we've got I've got to actually put it into words and tell them you know but I think you know it is really really useful and I think even if you can't afford it the, a lot the, a lot of places chambers of commerce and like boost lancashire places like that um provide quite a lot of this stuff for free you can get like 12 hours of mentoring and stuff can't you um so yeah i think i think that's so key, that leadership training is is really really good point yeah absolutely and you're absolutely right it's it starts with self-awareness yeah uh, yeah so a lot of people yeah i think also um it's a it's a good point to make a difference between um or to state the difference that there is management training and there's leadership training and we're focusing on leadership training because management is old school we're now leading people there's always processes to be managed but it's different you don't manage people you lead people in my opinion good yeah Um, excellent point yeah (laughs) as part of that strategy we also stripped out all of the old school um, processes, policies. Uh, we moved, removed the archaic um, KPIs and we moved more towards OKRs, which is basically about outcome-based working, right? Um, so again, that kind of increases the ability for people to feel more empowered over the job. So, you know, you hire experts, so why then tell them how to do their job, right? Just mm. say, this is the outcome, this is what we're looking to achieve, you crack on. Right. Yeah. And that's really how you know we should be working um in, in businesses. And- yeah, that, that covers a couple of the points. I mean, that, that's like point five, you know, treat treat your employees as adults, certainly. But, yeah. but you know, have a vision and share it and have a robust framework. It is about that. When we say have a robust framework, it's not micromanaging. It's not every little minute of your staff's day has to have a, a framework around it. It's right. a broad, you know, this is what we expect. This is what good looks like. Yeah. So this is where we need you to get to. And, you know, we will do everything in our power to help you get there but we're not gonna micromanage you and discipline you and all the rest of it it's just well we talked about this last week didn't we it's it's that um you know reward training rather than punishment training isn't it correct yeah I mean yeah exactly that is is it all of those things um so at that point then yeah we moved into um training the management as well in more of the leadership training because obviously you know the the the, the founder who's gone through his leadership training and so then um distilled it down uh, to his other managers which definitely helped as well yeah um, and then one of the things i think that contributed to the success at that point in time is they also moved to a hybrid way of working so previously I mean, again, I had identified that that presenteeism um, culture was was actually contributing quite heavily to the toxicity within the business. Um, so we actually moved them away very, very reticently, by the way, by the foundation, yeah. by, by the founder, shall I say, um, very reticent about giving up that kind of control. But he was halfway through his leadership sort of course at that point. So I was like, well, let's try it. You can use it as an experiment and you can go back to your leadership training and sort of, you know, and and, um, and have you know, get some support from those people as well. Mm-hmm, and you can mm-hmm. see if it works anyway. So it did work, right? <laughs> this is pre-pandemic, isn't it? This, this wasn't initiated by the COVID, yeah. Yeah, so this was somewhere in about, I think, 2018 
so maybe just before then 17 18 so pre-pandemic um and we set rules around it they needed to be in the in the office three days a week but they could work from home two days a week so and that really worked it helped a lot with um flexibility it helped a lot of the um the girls in the uh, women in the office yeah um you know that that was definitely a really good piece of feedback that we got from that mm-hmm. um and you know i think really we looked at the productivity at that point and we found that the productivity really rose especially on the days where people were working from home weirdly because you know my founder was like nah they'll do fuck all at home yeah yeah watch on tv i'm like right well you just wait you just wait and you know the, the they were saving an hour a lot of the employees were saving an hour to two hours on commuting because they found out so so there was a lot of commute time and because they were saving on that actually most of them got up at the same time and just cracked on with some work yeah now you know and and we're able to sort of do the work when they felt they were most productive as well because they weren't sat in an office being looked at the whole time right? yes <laughs> so that really worked um however we came across some challenges and that was the lack of communication between employees who are working at home and um those people in the office and it was at that point we started to explore some technology. Um, they are a, a kind of a techie company anyway, um, but they they took some off, they used started to use some off the shelf, you know, sort of um, solutions at that point. So they used they started to introduce um, Slack, and um, they were using Trello back of those days for project management, all of those sort of things back in the. I mean, we didn't have so many options like now that we do now, but and they were used teams and zoom and various other things so that definitely helped as well um so and then the pandemic hit yeah and they were like shit what do we do um but they were already pre-set up you know because people had been working for home anyway so they had you know station their 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 workstations from home and um they had all the technology in place so really they they sailed through that point and the business that they are they they do like the, the business the industry that are in um went absolutely crazy like Mm. they really boomed over that time which was brilliant um to see it's kind of what they needed really I think at that point I mean this is very similar to sort of grow traffic and the way we uh we we managed to pivot um at the time of the (laughs) pivot at the time of the uh, pandemic because that's how we were you know we we did have an office but we had moved well, well we'd always been you know flexible working remote working you know work as and when you need to when you're most productive and and so we had also followed that journey of finding systems we use asana we use yes. uh, you know t uh, zoom all the time we use whatsapp all the time mm-hmm. so so various you know platforms very similar to ones you mentioned so that when the when the pandemic did come in fact we all started we made the decision that our staff would work from home a week before we went into official yeah. lockdown because yeah. we just thought that were you know they were they were nervous yeah. about the situation we thought well, how do we make them feel more comfortable you know we yeah. can work from home we can do it we've got the policies everyone's got a laptop everything's set up just everybody work from home um, and we and we did that straight away so I think as well you know like you say all of those benefits are there but that stood us in such good stead going yes. into the pandemic because a lot of companies spent the first three months of the pandemic chasing their tails didn't they Absolutely. trying to trying to get laptops to their staff and trying to get logins for people at home and trying to get broadband so you know it just meant we could hit the ground running and, and keep going so yeah un- unforeseen and not planned for but an added benefit <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, totally an added benefit. So now they actually um, recently they did a a staff survey. I say recently, like last year, they did a staff survey and found um, that actually, to be honest, most people really enjoyed working from home. And then there was obviously the people who kind of liked a bit of both. Um, Nobody, none of the the team said they definitely want to go back to an office. So Mm. they actually got rid of their beautiful, fancy offices. Um, and now use um, you know hubs wherever people are and in fact actually it's been interesting because there's definitely a skills gap in that area in that sort of industry as well um, where we they just can't get certain um, certain jobs um, yeah. for people to fill jobs so they've been able to take people on from all around the country rather than focusing on um, southern you know the southern uh, areas mm-hmm. which has been really interesting for them because it's been meant that they can be super flexible but it also means that so you know they can they can take on people from everywhere um and then those people kind of occasionally come down to a hub or if they want to get 
big groups together, then they'll just hire offices for the day or for a week or whatever and do some strategizing if that's what they need. But it's really interesting that they've now gone um, pretty much virtual. Yeah. With the ability to work from these, you know, flexi hubs. Um, so, and it's, it's working really well. It's interesting. I mean, again, this this is a great parallel with Grow Traffic because that's that's exactly how we're working. We 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 will have an office, but because we're build we're creating a business growth hub, and we will have an office in there, but we will never be and everybody in the office Monday to Friday nine to five type of business. Um, mm-hmm. And that flexibility is great, but it is interesting, and I think that that mix is the absolute key for people nobody very few people want to work from home entirely by themselves all the time very few people want to work in an office all the time but that hybrid model is absolutely what people are looking for because there are times when you know it's not I mean we've had times when the the, some of the grow traffic team that that are local have have just come to my house and sat here around the dining table with me we haven't got a lot of work done on those days because we've mostly (laughs) just gossiped but it's been really nice to everybody get together yeah Yeah, we've done a bit of training and absolutely that's the key thing so I think you know this is the thing for businesses I think a lot of business owners that I know when we you know when we went remotely work from home they see it as an absolute either or don't they like we we, every either everybody's going to be at home and how do I run my business like that or I want everybody back in the office and it's about getting that message through about that hybrid model is is going to be the way forwards. I think what's been, um, I, yeah, so, and I, and I think one of the biggest wake-up calls for this founder was that um, business not is not all about business. It's about people, it's about relationships, and it's about connection, as well as actually doing some, like, doing the work as well. Yeah. I think that was probably the biggest, um, yeah, awakening, really, that he had. Um, and I think that's now very much been um, shoehorned, actually not shoehorned, but created within the within the, the culture that they have now. So the culture is very much sort of flat level. There obviously are hierarchies. We need some hierarchies. Humans need hierarchies, but not in the way of that command and control manager um, or that, yeah, that com- command and control micromanagement style. Mm-hmm. It's just simply this is the person that is in charge of, you know, the workflow or whatever, um, or someone who has been is more experienced and is and can actually you know um, support and coach other people within the business it's that kind of that kind of hierarchy um and is very much about accountability responsibility and empowerment yeah work to outcomes work when you need to you know when when it works for you and you know as long as you're there for client meetings and whatever else they're expected to do in your job within the business then you know they're good to go right yeah Um, yeah I think that's kind of been that's been a huge, huge. If you can imagine that kind of flexibility versus the old style of the that kind of real presenteeism, you must be in the in the business and you must be there and you must be working. And um, it's it's completely sort of night and day, really. The the cultures that has the culture that is now has been created. Um, they're also far more productive. Uh, productive. They're making more of a profit than they were when they were huge teams. And there's still a team of around about 20, 22 people. The, the sad thing though with that that is I mean that you know with grow traffic we, I mean we have been through iterations and tried things and abandoned things and all that you know I'm not trying to make out that we are at the pinnacle of businesses or anything but we set out from the beginning to build a company like that and, and mm-hmm. I imagine you know this this example of this business going from the size that it was yeah. you know d- down by two-thirds essentially yeah. um that will have been a painful process, it won't it? And and so that you know the story here has got to be build this stuff in from you know as soon yeah. as as soon as you can start doing it or or just drip feed it and do it slowly or whatever. Don't wait until your business is in crisis mode and then you have to do it. You know, have start, a plan start from now. the beginning is yeah. exactly yeah is exactly right. So interesting from my point of view, and I'm going to go on to some of the benefits because some of the things that they they're being really really forward thinking in some of their benefits. But one of the things that I really made it kind of stood out to me when you asked me to do this case study, I was thinking about it and I thought, God actually reflecting on it really interesting so back in the day when I first got involved and when we were changing the culture and back prior to that I know that they had a lot of HR issues and we were talking about this the symptoms of a poor culture were popping up all of the time so compared to sort of when we had that presenteeism culture where we were constantly dealing with poor performers constantly disciplining people 
a lot of different grievances or complaints and you know, complaints about stress, complaints about bullying, um, you know, complaints about other colleagues being dickheads, basically. There's so many of those things. Now, I, I can't remember the last time I dealt with, you know, an HR problem with them. Literally, I can't. I think. I think the last time I dealt with one was a um one of the one of the employees, a lady, um was really struggling with working from home during the pandemic, managing her kids and all of those different things. And that's literally the the last HR problem that I dealt with, which makes them make really demonstrates just how you can reduce all of the stress and the tension and the HR issues just by changing and having a great culture. Well, I mean, it, it's obvious when you think about it, isn't it? Because, you know, I mean, we spend an awful lot of time, or we did in the old days, we spent most of our lives at work, and yet businesses will hire the person that is right for the job, not necessarily the person that is right for everybody else who's sat in the office. So, of course, you're going to be sat in an office with people that just get on your fucking tits constantly. And, and you know, there's, yeah. there's going to be those frictions and all the rest of it and actually just being able to remove yourself from that and say do you know what I'm just going to get on with my job I'll talk to that person via email or whatever but you can limit it and you can say oh, you know I'll only deal with them in a meeting or I'll only answer their calls once a day or whatever that that yeah. is so much better for sort of human relationships and if you do have a colleague that you get on really well with you you two can go and work in your coffee shop together or in your shared office yeah. or whatever yeah. so it you know workplaces were always really fractious yes. environments weren't they and and it yeah. just seems makes complete sense that we're why do we have to put up with that why who, who said well, that exactly. was the world well yeah correct and also you know we, we've got to remember that not everyone's an you know extroverted and is happy to work in those types of environments you know some people I mean a lot of people are either omnivert I'm an omnivert sort of bit of both and then um introverted as well and actually they're loads better you know left in right mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean and not have to constantly uh, interact with people around them now interestingly you know also I found um so I'm dyslexic and working in an open planned office um with loads of stuff going around it just does not suit me no I, I literally can't concentrate and if I'm trying to spell words in my head and it just doesn't work you know it's things like that with that constant you know people talking at you or you know talking around you um, for me, it just didn't work. So mm. I work from home and I, you know, I'll only go and work on client sites or in offices when, I'm ne when, when necessary. But I've got to remember that not everyone's built the same way. Absolutely. I mean, I'm exactly <laughs> the same. And I used to work in, uh, in, a, in a busy, I used to work in an office when I, when I worked for the NHS. And it was one of those offices where it was, it was quite a big room, but it wasn't quite big enough that if you wanted to talk to somebody at the other side, you had to get up and go to them. So people would literally just shout across the room oh. at each other. And I was like in the corner trying to do phone calls and do my job. And, yeah. and I just couldn't concentrate. And then I, I, you know, when we started doing grow traffic, I, I worked from home for, you know, literally by myself for probably three years. And then I, I remember Dali was working in an office in Manchester and there was this talk or something happening. He said, oh, come come over and I was at a meeting I finished early I said can I just come and work in your office for a couple of hours before this thing in the evening he said yeah did not get a job of work done because so many people were just like like talk coming and talking at you and I was mm. like having worked on my own for three years and I was like why are you talking to me can you not <laughs> see I am typing <laughs> just because I am here do not talk to me um, and I certainly you know it, there's a time and a place absolutely I, I like yeah. meeting people and talking to people yeah. but if I've got a piece of work to do I need quite and I yes. need to not be interrupted because once my head's in that space I want to just crack on and do it and that's the same for a lot of people isn't it yeah. so you, we've built this one size fits all world of work and especially since we went to the you know offices with multiple people and just those tiny partitions in mm. but but that only works for a certain type of people person so so maybe potentially half your workforce mm. is not is not productive so yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So one of the things I wanted to share, because this is actually, to be fair, right, between you and me and like the people listening, I actually use this company as a bit of a guinea pig. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, willing guinea pig um, on, on in increasing a lot of the benefits. So very much now this business is very, very, very people focused, right? Everything, they do everything for their people. Okay. Some, here's a list of some of the things, because I think some of them are quite interesting and uh, quite a few, a few not quite a few a few of them are um quite pioneering so mm -hmm. we have a generous maternity package 
So they get five months full pay and three months half pay, and then the rest is um, statutory or yeah. you know, unpaid. But but we're, that's a huge amount more than you would get for most companies. Yeah. Um, generous paternity package. Now this was really interesting because um, the founder went away and had babies. Uh, his his my his missus had babies. And um, he realised that actually she needed a lot more support than he thought she needed. Right? Yes. Yeah. So he was like, hold on a minute. This baby thing is not that easy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if we allowed our male or other partners, um, you know, so our, uh, to have a generous um, paternity package? So he's, they offer up to six weeks of full paid leave, Good. which is great. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because it really is it allows you know the the the, the partner to bond with that child yeah um, and also give support to the you know to the to the other their other partner as well it's which crucial is, is really when I had Leon Dali got a week's paternity leave yeah and I was in hospital for that week so literally the day I came home he was back at work and I yeah. was I'd had a cesarean so I'd had stitches you know I, I couldn't mm. do anything and it was literally like I just remember the first day being he was like right see ya I don't know how to look after this thing don't go <laughs> so, yeah, and, I mean, and you're in pain yeah. and I'm in pain yeah it, it makes a huge huge difference like you say though you know those bonding things you don't you you don't get that back and and this is one no. of the big problems and we felt we were talking about this over on shooting the shit which is our feminism and business podcast um just on Monday this week but you know uh, how how do we improve the health of of women and men at work mm-hmm. and it comes down yeah. to policies like this because yeah. having that time off you know it sounds again it sounds like a, a woolly fluffy thing you know you get tata but actually you know if if mum's got support she's much more likely to be able to breastfeed successfully yeah. so you're going to have a much more healthy baby you're going to yeah. have a much more healthy mother you know mental health wise yeah. they're much better that that relationship between father and child is much more well developed so you've got better mental health again and, and relationships and all that you know those knock-on effects are phenomenal if we want to build a nice society for us all to live in so yeah, yeah. it's culture it's that culture and society you know yeah. the two work together and um, just to sort of put a caveat on that as well they also include anyone who's looking to adopt as well right so yeah. they, all of that applies to them as well um, so they then have um, unlimited time off to attend uh, IVF or fertility treatments as well, Good. including the partners yeah. as well. So I think that's really important because we know that a lot of women do, um, and men, um, yeah. do struggle. So, yeah, that's that's been an interesting one. Then we had a miscarriage policy. Good. And this was actually off the back of um, one of our uh, one of the team members who had had three miscarriages recently and um, was just really struggling. So mm-hmm. that's um, paid compassionate leave and then paid off ta- paid time off to attend any follow-up medical appointments that kind of stuff good interestingly and controversially they also have a pregnancy termination policy as well mm-hmm. because good. as we know you know yeah not everybody is ready to be a parent not everybody everybody wants to ha- be a parent mm-hmm. and sometimes things happen yeah. you know life happens um, so they also provide paid compassionate leave and also, again, paid time off to and medical appointments, you know, linked Good. to that. Um, they provide critical illness, family support, life assurance, private, me- private medical insurance. And this is for every employee. It's not just the people at the top. Mm. Um, then this is one of my favourites is um, not because I'm morbid, by the way, but <laughs> bereavement for people, bereavement leave for people and for pets which I think is really important right yeah. because a lot of people especially these days do their pets as part of the family I mean in my opinion they are part they of the are family, they absolutely right? are I mean my dog is basically a surrogate child right so if I lost him I would be fucking mortified yeah um, and I would not be wanting to be in work at any point in time no so so they do that um fully remote working should they wish to Obviously, they can use hubs if they want to. They have got certain hubs that they're signed up to. Um, 10% match pension, stuff that we should all be thinking about. Not Absolutely. Do, not yeah. always. <laughs> don't mention the P words. I know, yeah, God, don't. <laughs> I'm going to be very poor when I'm old. <laughs> I'm going to be working when I'm 95 going Yes, there, we all are. Flexible <laughs> working hours. Um, they have like an exclusive discount club as well. 
um, you get to take your birthday off. Yeah, yeah, we do that. Grow traffic actually. <laughs> yeah. We don't force people. Like you can, you you can no. take it another time if you want. But yeah, you, it's birthday yeah. off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and they get brand new Mac equipment. How cool is that? Yeah. Um, so yeah, and again, because you know, if people have got the right tools, they've got the right. You know, they're happy. They like people like nice, shiny, brand new things, right? Yeah. And it makes them feel special. It makes them feel privileged. And and quite rightly, because you know, and they like stuff that actually, you know, people. I remember one um, one place I worked. I was given this archaic laptop. It took about fifteen minutes to start up, and I was like, "Oh shit, really? Like, yeah, how, yeah. How how unvalued did I feel at that point? I was like, really, this is not, you know. Oh. I mean, my laptop at home was better, you know. Yeah. And, um, and stuff like that. I mean, we we do this at the moment because we were saying we 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 need to buy our next round of laptops because one of our members of staff she was like it takes like ten minutes to log in every morning. We're like, right, mm-hmm. you know, you can't work with that. We need to replace it. But just on you know on the other stuff, and this is what we were talking about on the on the feminism podcast the other week uh, last week. You know that the fact that those policies are in place doesn't just you know make make the employees lives better what that does is that gives them the ability to tell you that you know that to tell you actually you know what I'm going to go and have an abortion and I'm going to need some time off to have it otherwise what they would do is they would just be absent or they'd just take a day off because their their cat had died you know and and they can't face work and what you then end up with like you said before you know you're back into managing attendance and and disciplinaries and all Mm. of that you know stuff that's so labor intensive and so costly and and just such a waste of everybody's time when actually if you just up front and say to people look you know if you have lost your pet and you are really upset take a day off I mean I I had to have one of my horses put down um Mm. a couple of weeks ago and you know I just took it for granted that I would not be working for the rest of the day because I was a sniveling mess and you know I would expect my staff to to be exactly the same it's it's ridiculous isn't it I think what the policies do is it they empower people to navigate their life. Yes, absolutely. Right? At the end of the day, and actually make adult decisions, right? And that's what we need to, to be doing. And that's um, back to two of the other points that we have. You yeah. know, have a have a robust framework that provides yeah. people that flexibility within it. But again, we're back to know your people all the time, aren't yeah. we? Know them and trust them and treat them yeah. like adults, and and you get a much more uh, better rewarded for it absolutely yeah absolutely so yeah I mean ultimately that's the case study I mean some of the things if you want to I mean I think the um the the title of the podcast was the benefits of so if you want me to go a quick whip over the um the benefits these things that I've definitely seen and again right we're going to talk about this being pink fluffy bullshit but actually it really does matter so Mm -hmm. if some of the pink and fluffy stuff that is difficult to support or quantitative quantify there you go get the right words um <laughs> i'd lost it then as well i was like quantitate <laughs> that must be a word <laughs> yeah quantitate. that's a good word we'll have that one <laughs> um is that we have happy people now happy people make more pro- productive people they make more creative people and when people are happy they're happier in them happy in work they're happier in themselves and that has a knock-on effect on the fact that they then have a happier family life they have happier colleagues and um, you as a business get happier clients because if you're dealing with cool, happy, upbeat people, then clearly why, you know, why would you not love that company? Yeah. Um, you get more inspired people. And again, good leadership inspires. Um, and I'm a massive, oh, I haven't got the book with me, but I'm a massive fan of Simon Sinek and his uh, Start With Why. So if anyone, anyone's listening and thinking, I need to nail down this leadership malarkey, then go and read that because that definitely helps. But when you have inspired people, you have more innovative, um, creative and productive people as well, as well, which is certainly important in many businesses. But again, it's common sense, isn't it? Because if you yeah. are, if you're spending your entire working life feeling pissed off because Kevin yeah. keeps stealing yoga out the fridge, you're not thinking <laughs> about how you're going to design these flyers for your next client are you so you know it's it's caught you know make release people from mundanity and they can actually do their job better and focus on it yeah absolutely god damn kevin yes (laughs) (laughs) then obviously like and then really this is more i suppose in that that's super important but actually from a i think from a management point of view they're like oh yeah let's give give me some more um give me something a bit more tangible yeah Um, it's about attracting really good staff if you've got a good culture and by the way staff talk right yes 
and if you've if you've ever not looked at Glassdoor, go and have a nosy at Glassdoor, which is basically like the FIFO or whatever, like the the ratings for businesses. And just double check that yours has not got a shit rating, right? Yeah, because yeah. It's quite interesting how some businesses have got a really, really bad reputation from just like just people looking on Glassdoor because staff do go and look at the companies that they're going to they're going to join, and they will do as much vetting as you would on a, an Amazon product or any of the you know any any sort of service. Side. Do you know what this this really surprised me actually because we've been doing um, some some interviews recently for a, a couple of roles, a sales role and a content executive mm-hmm. role, so so very different roles. But yeah. we were interviewing someone, quite a young person, and um, they said, "Oh yeah, something," and they said, "Oh yeah, no, how's how's your rabbit, Rachel?" And ah, I was like, oh, they've been stalking you they've been it. stalking me and I mean I, you know I, everything is is open and out there obviously on social media you mm. know our, our grow traffic Facebook page is very much about the people so yeah. I was really impressed by it but it just mm. sort of took me off guard I was like oh god yeah <laughs> you know people of course people who are coming they're into they're interviewing us as much as we're interviewing them absolutely so yeah, Absolutely. and that things that us to our, you know, our high, higher fast point four it was last week, higher mm. fast, fire fast. But you know, that the caveat of that was if you've got a good workplace culture, you are attracting the right people in the first right. place. So there's yes. less of the firing and there's more of the hiring because yes. you're getting the right people in front of you. Yeah, absolutely. But if you identify people who are not fitting, then it's definitely a good idea to 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 decide well, well to make Rip that the decision. Are you gonna, yeah, exactly. Are you going to have them or not? Retention. Now that's really important because, especially at the moment, it is costing a lot of money and time and effort, and all which all basically costs money to um, to recruit. Yeah. Right. So hiring is massively expensive right at the moment um time-wise and actual cost so mm-hmm. retaining your staff is really really important now interestingly enough this company that we're talking about in the case study they now have staff that have been there for 18 20 odd years right so whilst they did get str- obviously we did a big strip out at the beginning they were kind of the people that weren't the original core mm. so uh, core team but they still have some of the original core team um with them and I think that's really um a testimony really to how well they've done um, I mean also as well from an employer's point of view you know yes you know hiring is, is massively expensive but mm. you've put so much into those employees yeah you know, I mean we we do an awful lot of training we we always say to our staff you know if you want to go on a conference or if you want to go on a course or if you want to upskill you know mm-hmm. within reason and provided it's related to your job do it you know we want we want people to progress and get better mm-hmm. because that makes our business better that of improves course. what we offer to our clients <laughs> yeah. uh, but but if you've then done that with somebody for for three years and invested all of that time and effort into them and then they go somewhere else you know it that's a wasted resource yeah it so you know it just makes sense doesn't it invest in your staff and and hopefully you'll keep them yeah absolutely and so with the retention is obviously then you know the outcome is having a lower staff uh, turnover of staff which is you know exactly what we want um so we did uh, in this particular business we did a staff survey i'm not a massive fan generally of staff surveys because like people tend to tell you what they want what, you, you know yeah. you want to hear yeah. um but in we did do a, a quick sort of a, a flash what i call a flash survey on stress levels and we've done that sort of um, over the years, um, we just throw these things out and say, how stressed are you right now? Or how, you know, how great, how how good are you feeling? Sort of thing. Um, and we've definitely shown, we've definitely seen a lot lower stress levels, even, even during the pandemic. Yeah. Because of all of the things that they were, they did to support their staff and the technology that they, incre- you know, put into that business and everything to help people feel, still feel connected. Mm. You know, they, they were sent, they were sent little, little, presence every so often and all sorts of things like all the way through the pandemic and still now to be fair um it really did reduce the the stress levels and as we know when you get stressed you get sick so the fact that you've got lower stress levels means that you stick less often um or just have those days where you're just like oh fuck I can't be asked to get out of bed you know you have fewer of those ideally um so that's that's really made a difference as well. But, but as well, if if people are feeling content, well, if they are having a day where they're like, oh god, I just can't. Like I had this uh, last week, my brain would not work. Like all Monday, yeah. just would not work. I no matter what day I did. On Monday. Yeah, I, and I was just like, oh, I just I felt like I was walking through. I wasn't ill or anything. I just yeah. for whatever reason I was tired, yeah. and I was like, do you know what? I'm, I'm wasting. I'm literally just sitting, staring at my screen. I'm not doing anything. I'm not being productive. I'm going to go yeah. play out with my horses. But I caught yeah. up. I, I, I sat down late 
later in the evening and felt a bit more in it did an hour then but then Tuesday I worked like my ass off so you know you will you will make it up even if people are having that time off yeah absolutely (laughs) Um, but the the frequency is definitely less of those kind of like I just can't be arse days right um and then probably the biggest one which is definitely easy to measure is an increased profit um, and also growth for the business in terms of being able to grow into different areas and whatnot. So, um, and happier clients. We did a big class, uh, big, big, blah, 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 big <laughs> client survey as well. Um, and they had definitely, um, we could see the difference between legacy clients and how they change over time as well. And improved business reputation. And like, why would you not want to improve that, you know? Um, yeah, because it's not just, you know, yes, staff talk, potential staff talk, all the rest of it. But actually, it's about sort of how you're seen in the community as well. You yes. know, people outside will, will they see what happens within a business. They can tell whether or not you've, you've got happy staff. And, you know, I mean, we do quite a lot of expos and go around places. Everybody knows yeah. who Grow Traffic is because so we're quite loud and in your face. Um, but but that's because we're we're a happy team and we feel like a family and everybody gets on and we have a laugh and all the rest of it if we were all sat there going oh god I can't be asked doing this that you know that is reflecting your business and the world sees it so you don't want that do you no absolutely and remember that that employees are very fast to take to twitter when you know they are unhappy look at all of the things that happened over the last you know oh during the pandemic with Brewdog and the likes of those types of companies where we all thought they had a great culture and then it was outed by the employees. So mm. it is really important. Um, and I think ultimately, you know, there were some statistics I was reading yesterday that 80% of employees say that they don't enjoy their job. Like what, what the hell is that all about? In That's my opinion, terrible. that is terrible. I mean, like as a society, we should be ashamed of ourselves that mm. we cannot create decent cultures because it's not fucking difficult. Yeah. You know, I can spend nine nine to 12 months with a business put all of the framework in place create them you know help them create a great a great culture that's right for their business by the way because obviously everyone sees great cultures as something different yes um, and you know and and people employees should be happy right yeah they should be going out to work and feeling like they've achieved something that they've got a sense of purpose and they, they've got something you know to hang their hat off upon on and say I did a bloody good job today mm. and also someone go yes well done you did do a good job thank you very much or reward you know and give them a reward or not but just even the thank you is enough reward right yeah yeah and it's you know <laughs> and it, as, as leaders and managers that is our responsibility but I did sure I mean it, it's yeah, because there's that disconnect, isn't there? You know, we, we always said well, with Grow Traffic, you know, we want to create a business that we would want to work for. And mm. if you are a leader yeah. or a manager, you know, why is it like one rule for, I don't know whether it's because people are damaged and that, you know, it's like it's back to parenting, you know, it didn't do me any harm, so it won't do you any harm. You know, I'll bring you up in the same exactly role that. that I was. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. I think that old school style of management, when which was quite... Um, quite popular in the 70s and 80s which is kind of the manager management that we grew up with right Mm. they were that micromanagement they were command and control you did get a bollocking if things went wrong there was that blame culture and there wasn't that kind of focus on people's mental health or people as individuals it was very much you know this is a number we have a project you crack on and get on with your job you know and I think that presenteeism culture was massive and they were taught they were managed like that so they feel like they had to manage us like that and I think then it continues and unfortunately yeah. that toxicity as you say a bit like parenting you know can can go through the generations and it takes a special person within the, you know that sort of line of generations to stop and look at it and go wait a minute this, this is yeah, not this working. working why are we doing this let's do something different yeah 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 it's true it's true um so I just have a quick question for you on this on this case study before we wrap up so you know when you said about how they went from having an office situation and and eventually they moved to not having an office at all and all working you know remotely either from home or from shared working spaces Mm. how how hard was it for them to maintain that culture throughout that transition when people weren't in an office together you know and did they use technology particularly to to, enforce that Great question. Okay, so one of the things, so <laughs> I helped them put in a framework which basically reinforced their culture as, as often as possible. So 
they have um, a culture. So now they have a process of having flash meetings in the morning, very much focusing on this is what we're focusing on today. Who needs help? Who's got capacity? Simple as that. Dead, dead simple. Um, the directors and the leaders of the business were always talking and they still do always talk about the vision and the values and the mission of the business and, and keep feeding back on where they're up to on that and how well how close they are to achieving you know the plans in place and that kind of communication has really really helped um they do get together on um on team sort of days so i definitely think that helps as well in and they person. Do yeah in person and they do encourage people to take out, take time out during the day to just go and have a, a virtual brew with their workmates as well. Mm. So that those definitely helped. Again, that's kind of focusing on a kind of creation of, um, of, of uh, what's the word I want? A connection and those sort of relationships. Yeah, right? human connections. Yeah, yeah, that human to human connection. Exactly. Yes, they have used technology. Um, so they have used they again they continue to use Slack um, and they continue to use uh, Zooms uh, Zoom and 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 Teams. Um, what they actually did initially in the pandemic and they still do it some uh, at some points depending on who wants to join in. But they have like an open so when they they could have an open Zoom link and um, you basically have all everybody on in the in the business on the Zoom link if they want to join. Oh, that's um, quite so interesting it's a bit like being in a yeah kind of being in this like a shared office virtual office so, wanna, so yeah, they're just working wanna... away but they've got the yeah. screens open they can have a chat that's yeah, a really interesting idea isn't it I've never yeah and it one. really that's really yeah and it's re- I think honestly I think that's really worked as well and I think really um in terms of um the other framework that's reinforced the culture is that um, onboarding has been really important so new people have been onboarded at, but sort of buddied all the way through so it's been um this it's kind of there's so many things within the project that we've managed to to do to be able to help reinforce the culture but we have a very strong how we do things around here mm. um, a culture code um which again people are sort of indoctrinated into i mean ultimately like we're creating a, a cult aren't we right yes, <laughs> in the yes. best way possible yes and so it is about reinforcing all of those things giving people regular feedback on how they're doing in terms of job as well as culture as well is brilliant that's that's really helped um so it's a lot of the leaders don't do a day job as mm. such right they manage the people that is their job their leaders are to lead and manage the people and the processes within the business simple as that they do not do the, the, the do. do the do yeah okay so that's and that's a big transition they're responsibility and roles is to keep the culture going and that's really what's that's also made a massive difference so it's about having the culture written down it's about having standards it's about having expectations really clear expectations what good looks like what the culture is and how we do things around here it's about making sure they're recruiting the right people onboarding the right and training the right people and then on constant reinforcing the Mm. you know the, the, the mission vision values and how we do things yeah, I mean, this is this is something that Grow Traffic in particular, not not necessarily struggled with, but because we took on new staff during the pandemic, mm-hmm. and be- because before we had had some sort of office, so you know, if we'd had a new starter, yeah. they would come and work in the office with me for the first yes. you know week or two weeks or whatever. Because we then couldn't do that, it was how do we make these people feel like they're part of Grow Traffic when they might be in Manchester or Yorkshire yeah. or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and and that was that was kind of one of the biggest challenges that 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 I faced I mean we, we tried different things we came up with various things but one of the, the the primary things that we realized we weren't doing was telling them at the beginning that we needed to do this and and, and we started saying you know right on board in fact even at interview stage we will need you to meet us halfway we will need you to communicate in the whatsapp group to turn up yeah. to the team meetings to if we put on a you know a, a pint at lunchtime to, to pop along if you're able to you know yeah. you you the the employee has to be willing to do that because otherwise we did end up with one member of staff um who who just didn't didn't engage at all Mm, and I mean the work was coming but not engaging and then not turning up to training sessions and checking in sessions and blah blah blah. as I say doing the work but it was really really hard and we just had like this outlying member of staff who half the people Mm. never spoke to and I only spoke to once a week and at 
So in the end, we had to let that person go, unfortunately. And that goes back to that fire fast, uh, sorry, higher fast and fire fast. And you, yeah. unfortunately, you identified that right, whilst the person was great at doing their work, they weren't engaging in the rest of the wider team. And they're like, I mean, that's a that's such a great example of you then taking that on board and going, right, this person isn't right for our business. Mm. And it's not because they aren't great at the work. It's just they're not a personality fit or they don't fit with the same values as you do, which is that connection and that, you know, those relationships yeah and that's really important to identify quickly and you know yes give them a chance to you know to to, to, to make those changes to be more proactive and interactive and stuff but if that's just totally not them and there's a, a values or a personality mismatch then you have to let them go and actually it's kinder to do so because actually now they may have found a business that doesn't demand that much yeah I mean they actively said that after it it was quite a sort of tough process at the time they they got upset and then we got upset and you know it was horrible and and, uh, you know as Dali was saying on on last week's live it should never be easy to hire to fire people it shouldn't you should always feel something Uh, and and we did but met them afterwards uh, and they did say actually you know that they would rather have a job within a business so not agency side where they could just focus on one client at a time and do that so so whilst it was you know a bit of a painful process they felt better about it afterwards you know grow traffic moves on from that they move on from that and everybody as you say is is happier so yeah I think that's really interesting Natalie uh anything you want to finish off or close with and in terms of this case study Oh, goodness. Um, no, I think um, I say no. Yes, there is. Um, yes. <laughs> no, yes. No, yes. No, no, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, listen, um, I think there's a bit of a misconception that once your business turns or once a culture turns toxic, then you can't do anything about it. And I think this is a prime example of that. Absolutely, you can. It does take a lot of change and mindset from the leaders 100 yeah. percent if the, and you know if the leaders are not on board then there's nothing that you can do about it but if the leaders are motivated to make those changes then actually those changes can be made and they can be made pretty quickly now you can't change a culture overnight but you can certainly start changing culture overnight the culture will take around about sort of nine to twelve months a little bit longer to start to properly change and to actually establish that change in new routine and new habits as we all know what it's like to create change um, or make habits right um so uh, no company is lost the only time that a company is lost and is never going to change their culture is if the leader is not willing to change yeah yeah if they're completely stuck in their ways yeah yeah, I think as well. So, uh, I mean, uh, I don't often admit to Dolly being right very often, but um, <laughs> he did. I remember when, yes, we won't even hear this. Um, but I remember when we very first got our, our offer, when we were making the transition from me essentially and uh, working as a freelancer and having several freelancers around us to being a proper business to get an office, you know, to all that. Um, it, it was about kind of five, six years ago for us now. Um, and I remember saying to him, like, well, you know, what should our company culture be? I was like, should we do like donuts on a Friday or should we do like a huddle on a Monday? And he was like, you can't force things like that. He said that will come naturally and, it, and it'll come out and there will be eventually there will be things that are the grow traffic things. And these are the way we do it. Yeah. And, and and now, you know, he was right. Um, but but now like we do it, we do a quiz every Friday on uh, on WhatsApp and we all share a song that makes us made us dance or smile or whatever that morning. And we create playlists and you know there's various little things that that we do now as a team that have absolutely come up and I can't even remember how any of those things started but mm. they've become staples of the week and now like if it's half past nine on a Friday we're like Hannah where's the quiz where's the quiz come <laughs> on come on um but yeah so I think if uh, uh, you know don't be scared to try things yeah. but also don't don't force it don't say like right this is going to be our fun company culture and we're going to do it. you can't do that it's just going to no. come organic clay you've got to try things if it doesn't work you gave it a shot abandon it try something else and and that kind of flexibility and and agile uh, way of moving and creating your culture's got to be the way forward hasn't it yeah absolutely I think also you know listen there needs to be a framework in place there does need to be some you know some structure and a little bit of process in not that I I don't I'm not a massive bit a fan of putting loads and loads of process in but one of the things I will say is that things like 
you know, team fruit and team yoga and, you know, having, you know, things like that is not going to paper over toxic um, leaders, right? No. So if you are a toxic leader and you're thinking of like bringing in, t- you know, <laughs> team yoga, it ain't going to make a difference to your culture. If you really do want to have a cult, you know, someone actually come in and have a look at your culture and see whether it can be changed. Um, then you know obviously I'm here but there are other people out there who do these sort of things but um, it does take a change in mindset and leadership yeah simple as that well and we're back to point one aren't we it yeah, comes from the top go. it always yeah. comes from the top so yeah look to look to yourself and your your role first and then you can start to change everything else um natalie thank you so much every bit of that was absolute gold dust um and i so appreciate you giving us two sessions now both yeah. of them have been so valuable um thank you uh please I will put I will put your contact details in the show notes when this is published uh, but if anyone does want to contact Natalie and as I say have a chat um please do because she is uh, she doesn't just uh, talk the talk you walk the walk don't you I do thank you yeah <laughs> right that was brilliant thank you so much for your time um we'll be back in two weeks time I've got no idea what we're talking about uh, but it will follow on from the Friday live so thank you very much bye-bye